Hey everyone, want well, to welcome you to the Unfiltered Podcast. We are recording live from Orlando right now. My name is Lee Stevenson. I get the privilege to be the Executive Director of Church Planting with Converge. And I'm Danny Parmley, and I oversee church planting for Converge Mid-America out of Nashville, Tennessee, but it sure is great to be in some nice sunny weather right now. And we're in the middle of break time in one of our assessment centers, having a great time, but we have a special episode today because we've got a guest with us, Danny. Woohoo! So this is Ty Disenfance from Lusk, Wyoming, the church planter of Prairie Hills Community Church, and uh, you're about five years old at this point. Is that right, Ty? That's absolutely right. We're five years old this last September. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Lusk and why in the world would you want to plant a church in Lusk, Wyoming? Yeah, so uh, Lusk is a, a rural town in eastern Wyoming. It is, uh, has the distinction of being the least populated county in the least populated state in America. So the town that I'm in is uh, 1,500 people. The entire county is just over 2,000 people. And, um, you know, really the question of why Lusk, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple avenues to that. One is Jesus's heart. Um, you know, when he said that, that his heart is to leave the 99 to go after the one that was lost, um, wherever there are lost people, that's where we need to go. And, you know, the, the second part, why me, um, man, honestly, the, the call of God on my life was, is there anybody that I've prepared better for Lusk than <laughs> you? And the reality is, is that there are lots better leaders than I am. And there's a lot smarter people and there's lots more creative people than I am. But everything in my life uh, leading up to, to this point was God preparing me for that place, not just any place, for that place. And, um, you know, when when we uh, when we said yes to that, man, it's been just an incredible journey um, of seeing God provide. And honestly, looking forward, um, there's no reason that what's happening in Lusk couldn't happen in any number of towns all across Wyoming um, that nobody else is dreaming about. Um, they aren't big enough to be on anybody else's radar screen, but they matter to God because there's lost people there. Yeah. And um, so they matter to me, you know. Yeah. That's great. Hey, I have a question. So you said, um, describe a little bit more about the county because you're saying 2000 people in the entire county. So what does that look like even? I mean, how far are people you know, driving to go to church or even for, for their other stuff, driving to go to school, driving to go Grocery shopping? Store. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, Wyoming itself, we, we describe it as a, as a uh, as a small town with really long streets, the entire state, because the entire state has just over 500,000 people. And so our little, our little county, 2000 people, um, we are, we're about 90 miles from the nearest Walmart. Um, you know, it takes, it takes over an hour to get to the nearest Starbucks. You know, it's, uh, we're, we're what you would call off the beaten path. Thankfully, uh, Amazon does still have two day delivery <laughs> there. So that, you know, that's good. But people would say, well, it, that, that has to be unusual. Like, actually, it's not. If, on the population list of the, the cities or the, the townships in, in Wyoming, there's 180 um, population centers in the state of Wyoming. The, the largest is Cheyenne at just over 50,000, like 55,000, something like that. And then second is Casper, and it's just over 50,000. But beyond those two cities, 
um, there's only 10 towns in, a, in, a, in the entire state of Wyoming that have population 10,000 or more. All of the rest of the 170 population centers are less than 10,000. And where our town of 1,500 is, it, we're like 43rd or 44th on the list. So there's like 140 um, towns that are of a similar size or smaller than our little town of 1,500 people. So, you know, the town that I'm planting in, though it is small, it's not unusual in Wyoming. That's most of Wyoming. And so the the church planting methods um, and the strategy there are just different. Nobody is, nobody's uh, figured out the the strategy that that is going to be um you know explosive in what in wyoming yet um and it really is an untapped mission field and we have a we have a, a big vision to see that it's it's hard for people to get to hell from wyoming yeah you know it's harvest the harvest is plentiful there that's absolutely right yeah yeah um I mean, this is the epitome of rural church planting, mm-hmm. and we are in the midst of seeing a level within our country, people exiting the large city, and, mm-hmm. and partly because of COVID, people are realizing we can do more things virtually, and they want to get out of the hustle and bustle, um, moving into more rural corridors around the, the country. Um, in that, there may be a few guys out there kind of going, man, I think God's calling me to do some type of church leadership, whether or not it's church planting or take an existing church in that that kind of rural community. What are some things that, you know, if you were to give three major tips of advice to those that are thinking of doing rural ministry or specifically rural church planting, what would you tell them? Like, think this, don't do this, that, that kind of thing. The, the first message is that it matters. And whether it was intentional or not, um, the thrust of church planting for the past 50 years has been to urban and suburban areas. Honestly, from a strategic standpoint, there's a lot of people that live in those areas. And so we need urban and suburban church plants, but not to the exclusion of rural America. And what we've seen is in that um, strategic move to go where the people are at, to follow the population shift from rural America into urban centers, the strategy, the planning, the, the strategic thinking has all been based upon how do we plant churches that are effective in those areas to the exclusion of the creativity in reaching rural America. And so whether it was planned or not, the message to people about rural ministry has been, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. It's not worth it. Go where the people are. And if you don't have people, then it's not, it's not worth your time. Um, even, you know, we're assessing people here. And one of the metrics that we're assessing is their capacity to lead people. I think that is a great metric. We need to to measure people's capacity to lead others. However, a metric that's not often measured is where has God positioned you uniquely to be effective for his kingdom? And the reality is, is I would not be effective in Orlando. I, I just wouldn't. In the same way that Lee or Danny or anybody else that's here at this assessment would not be effective in the little town that I live in. And so, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking, man, rural ministry doesn't matter. Yes, it matters. And it could be that God has uniquely positioned you. What's the 
the you know Paul in a sermon in Acts says you know that God has appointed the time and the place where you were where you were born like it's not by accident that you were born in some podunk town it could be that the next town over needs you because you could do something there that no one else in the world could do because God has positioned you and the time and the place that you were born. I think that's, that's yeah. important. Yeah, so I have a que- it's actually kind of a two-part question. First of all, if you can just share a little where you grew up. So you said that you were kind of uniquely positioned for this. So mm-hmm. did you grow up in Wyoming, small mm-hmm. town? And are you saying that there isn't a possibility for someone to do cross-cultural? Do you, do you understand? So you were mm-hmm. kind of saying like, hey, I wouldn't be able to do it. Or... Is it like you could, like, let's say you grew up in suburban, whatever, you know, 100,000 people, 15 Starbucks on every corner, you know, type of thing. Um, Because maybe there's even now going to be this appeal or this sexiness to, oh, yeah, I just want to live the rural life. And I've seen the paintings just laid back and I'll have this little country church. Um, So I don't know. I kind of threw a lot at you right there. But I mean, just kind of speak to a little bit of that. Or is it only if you grew up in a small town? Yeah. Should you consider it? So, yeah, the the first part of the question, where did I grow up? I I grew up about 40 miles from the town that I'm pastoring in now. I grew up on a cattle ranch, working cattle ranch that's been in my family since 1907. Um, My mom and dad still operate that, run that. Um, however, the town that I pastor in is not the town that I went to school in. Um, so we, we kind of lived in the middle between Lusk, where I pastor now, and uh, a bigger town called Torrington. And since I lived on the Goshen County side of the line, the school bus came from Torrington. And so I went to high school um, in, a, in a town called Torrington. However, uh, my family roots are... are in the county where um, where I pastor now, which the the reason I say it gives a um, that that I'm uniquely positioned for that place is when when I went there uh, when when I walk into a place I, I I'm not viewed as an outsider okay. I, I, I'm viewed as um, as connected to that culture and that right. community. I'm one of them. One of I'm, us, not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not an outsider. Does that mean that you can't parachute into a rural community and plant a church somewhere, where, wherever? No, it does not mean that. But what it does mean is that you're going to have to take the time <laughs> yeah. to learn the culture. We think it, just as we've evaluated, we think it could take as much as five years of just studying the culture loving people before you're not viewed any longer as an outsider, but you're one of us and you have that, that, that connection to where you can really speak into the, into the, the culture. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think, um, it, it doesn't mean that if you aren't from a, a rural part of America that you can't go there, but, but know that you have to, you have to go there to, to not be the, uh, uh, the the savior of the you know I'm 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 coming to to save you from from yourselves or whatever you have to go and study the culture and and really learn and understand who these people are and um, get to the point where you're one of them um, walking alongside instead of instead of trying to trying to steer them out in front yeah no, that's I, I love that picture and I think that's important no matter what culture people are called to, to plant and it's never going to hurt you to be a student 
of that culture oh, that's first and, and, and foremost. Um, how has the pandemic as a whole affected life ministry for you, your family, um, in a more rural setting at this point? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it, it just is the common theme when you talk with any pastor right now. Of course, COVID has affected us. Um, when COVID first hit our community and we, we, we kind of had to change course pretty radically in the course of a week, um, we decided, man, what's the only thing we can do? We tried to do the online thing. The problem with, with uh, doing online stuff in, in rural America is that the infrastructure is the, for the Internet and such is so bad. So, uh, you know, my first call when we decided we're going to do, um, you know, try and stream something online uh, was to the Internet company to try and upgrade my Internet speed to the fastest they had available and the fastest upload speed you can get in, in my town is two megabytes up, which for streaming something live, it's impossible. It's impossible. And then you add on to that. If you don't live within the city limits, the options, if you live in the country, um, are satellite internet and their download speed is so poor that, you know, even if you can't stream, they can't watch it. They couldn't watch it. So we tried doing some like pre-recorded stuff where we would upload it and then have it available to download so people could download it overnight. You yeah. know, sometimes <laughs> exactly. it would like, yeah. be like they would download overnight and uh, watch it so it wasn't buffering all the time or whatever. But it quickly became, man, we've got we to meet. And uh, so uh, Easter, we, uh, we had planned and we had heard just um, through um, a Zoom call that uh, Converge Rocky Mountain had put on with a, a church in Minnesota, we had heard that they were doing drive-in church, like radio transmitter. People drive in in their cars like a drive-in movie and tune their radio to a certain frequency and you can have church, but everybody stays in their car and it's all safe and good. So we said, man, we got to figure that out. And so I tried to find a radio transmitter. Of course, they were all sold out because everybody across the <laughs> yeah, country yeah. was like, we got to do, do drive-in church. But was able to find something on eBay, right? And we get it shipped and we planned for an Easter drive-in church service. And man, it was like when people are hearing about it, there's a buzz around town like, oh man, we're going to have church again and stuff. And then we look at the weather forecast like leading up to Easter and it's like there's a there's going to be a snowstorm on Easter Sunday. And sure enough, we we wake up on Easter Sunday morning and it is flat out snowing like big chicken feather snowflakes just i mean it's flat out putting it down we're thinking uh oh nobody's gonna show up nobody's gonna show up and uh come to find out i mean this parking lot is just packed full of cars people are so i mean there's you could you can just see people smiling ear to ear as they're driving in because they're seeing people again like they're gathering and uh People are honking their horns, you know, like <laughs> like as a way of saying amen, yeah, amen, yeah. like we agree. And uh, it was just, uh, it was something we'll never forget. My wife and I are standing up on top of a of the enclosed trailer that we keep all of our equipment in. And uh, we are freezing our tails off. I mean, we're in our coveralls <laughs> and we got gloves on. I mean, we're, we're bundled yeah. up because it is, it's cold. And... Uh, Everybody's in their cars and can't hardly even see them. It's snowing so hard, but it was an unforgettable experience and and something honestly that will be part of the um, part of the story 
of Prairie Hills for for generations. Just do you remember? Do you remember the drive-in Easter? Yeah. You know, so yeah, I love it. I love it, and I think it's just a good reminder to everybody: like, be creative, think out of the box. We got to do whatever we got to do in order for people to hear the message of Jesus. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I admire your courage, Ty, to be able to kind of push forward with that. Um, this has been a fun conversation, and, and I, I appreciate you taking the time to just kind of continue to enlighten us about rural church ministry. And um, what resources out there would you recommend for people that just have an interest on, in being more involved in rural church planting? Yeah, so, you know, there's uh, the, the go-to book that I point people towards is a, a book called Small Town Jesus by Donnie Griggs. And, um, man, it's a it paints the picture of why rural ministry matters. Um, in that book, he he talks about the population of rural America. And if you define rural America as um, towns of 20,000 or less, then the population of rural America is bigger than the population of like 90 some countries in the world. It's still like 30 some million people that live in rural America. And so we have to we have to look at that and say this is a this is a largely unreached people group right in the United States of America, and uh, they're worth they're worth reaching. So Small Town Jesus is a great uh, is a great resource. Um, Stephen Whitmer um, is an, is another author you can look up. Uh, and let me get the the name of his book. Um, I think it's called Big Thing and Big Things in Small Places, or, yep. or Big yep. Gospel in Small Places, or something like that. His his name is Stephen Whitmer. It's a brilliant book. It's more practical in in how it's laid out. Um, it gets more into the the how tos of rural ministry, and uh, it's an excellent resource as well. That's fan fantastic. And for all our listeners, I know if you would love to have a conversation with Ty, he would love to be able to connect with you. And and so reach out to him at Prairie Hills Community Church. He's a great leader, great visionary, and has a great heart to reach those within his community. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This has been the Unfiltered Podcast. Until next time, keep it real. 